This is the Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner, the podcast for anyone supporting a pregnant woman to achieve her dream birth. I'm Sally Ann Beresford, a doula, author and antenatal teacher, and throughout these episodes I will be sharing with you tried and tested tips that help you to ensure that any birth you attend is a positive experience. And welcome to episode six. I am talking today about one of the two most favourite things that I like to talk about when teaching antenatal education. This one is the pushing stage, stage two. And it's really important to me because over the last 20 years, I have been invited into many people's homes to be interviewed as a potential doula. And more often than not, Those couples are having second, third or subsequent children and their previous births have not gone very well. And often when we unpick it and unravel what's happened, it has gone wrong at this stage, the second stage, the point where she has gone through the entire first stage of labour, dilated to 10 centimetres, but somewhere along the way has misunderstood the process of the second stage and what she should be doing and therefore was unable to get her baby out. So let's start at the beginning. Let's go to the transitional period at the very end of the first stage of labour. This is the part where a woman goes a little bit doolally She is saying things like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go home. And what's happening is her body is slowly beginning to fill with adrenaline, the fight or flight hormone that is helping her to wake up. She's been in a very sleepy, oxytocic state and her body was producing contractions that would help her to dilate. When she's finished dilating, several things may happen. Firstly, her contractions may slow down and space out. That is an indication that her uterus needs a little bit of a break in order to psych itself up, let's say, to begin pushing. And that's fine. So it's normal for a woman to actually have a sleep, have a nap. Um, And this is called the rest and be thankful stage. A really lovely phrase that was coined by the late Sheila Kitzinger, who was a wonderful birth advocate. So if a woman enters the rest and be thankful stage, you leave her alone. Don't touch her. Don't try and wake her up. Don't try and bring her out of that state. What I would say is believe in her body. It knows what to do. Just like you might have a nap after a big meal where your body just needs to shut down and switch off. This is exactly the same. As soon as that period of time is over, you will notice her begin to come back into the room and her sensations will return and she'll begin pushing before you know it. Another example of what can happen during transition is that a woman might feel an urge to push 
but only at the peak of a contraction. She may have a pushy sound. Everyone thinks, oh, what's that? And they rally round her and they think that she's about to enter second stage. But that's not always the case. In some cases, a woman feels a little bit of an urge to push at the peak of a contraction, probably because she has a little bit of cervix left that needs to be guided around the baby's head. That is not the pushing stage. That is just the transitional phase where the woman's body is guiding her through the final stages of dilation. Another scenario is where she might tell you that she feels an urge to push and everyone thinks this is it, second stage has arrived. But a word of caution here, there is a massive difference between a woman who is feeling an urge to push and a woman who is actually pushing. So this is a bit like me saying to you, I need a poo, but I'm not actually pooing. You have a sensation that you need to go to the toilet. You may need to pass a bit of wind. You may need to find a toilet quite soon. But the poo isn't actually coming out of your body right now. And so I want you to really think about this very carefully when you're with a woman in labour because if she is pushing, every single person in that room will know it without her ever needing to tell you. You'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll know it. There is nothing she can do to stop that sensation if she tried. When it's happening to her involuntarily, it is incredible to watch. Now, where mistakes are made are often when a woman feels like she is in the second stage because everyone's got very excited around her, they've heard a sound that she's made or she's told them she feels an urge and before you know it, she's pushing. That doesn't always mean she should be pushing. Sometimes I'm with a woman in the postnatal period and the pushing stage has been very long and very difficult for her. And I'll say to her, were you pushing every single time because you felt you needed to or because you felt you should? And inevitably when she reflects back, she will say, oh, well, I just felt like I should have been pushing because I pushed the contraction before, so then I just kept going. That is a mistake. A woman should only push with every single contraction if she feels an urge with every single contraction. Let's say she has one contraction where she feels an urge and then two when she doesn't. She should not push with the two she doesn't. That is so important for her to understand. And I really want you to get that across to her when you're talking about the pushing stage in your birth preparation sessions because it is essential that she doesn't let this final stage get away from her and end up with unnecessary intervention. So let's be really, really clear here. Firstly, if she feels an urge to push, but she isn't pushing, she isn't in the second stage. She's feeling a sensation that she needs to breathe through. And in that situation, she should breathe and breathe 
and breathe until that pushing takes hold and she can't stop it if she tried. Just a quick word here about hypnobirthing. In the last 10 years, when I've come across clients that have been to a hypnobirthing class, sometimes they believe you shouldn't push when you feel an urge, that you should override it. I think that that is a miscommunication between the instructor and the pupil. When I did my hypnobirthing training, it was made very clear to me that no one should ignore an urge to push. So if that message came across to you in a way that said, don't push, I would really encourage you to ignore that. Yes, of course, breathe and breathe and breathe, like I said. But when that urge arises, she needs to go with her body and she needs to do what it's telling her. Next, if she feels an urge to push only at the peak of a contraction, she should only push at the peak and breathe the rest of the time. And lastly, if she's having a break, if she's having a rest, this is normal. This is the rest and be thankful stage. Encourage her to soften all the muscles in her body and to rest and relax down. Don't let her overanalyze, overthink it, over worry. If a medical professional indicates that that isn't okay, you need to say, we'd like to take this opportunity to have a little bit of a rest and let her body recover because you can feel confident that very soon those surges will be back. No baby ever stayed in a woman's body forever. In fact, Michel Odon, the famous French obstetrician, describes the pushing stage as the fetal ejection reflex. This is the point where the body will actually expel the baby without the woman having to do anything. Sadly, very few women experience a true fetal ejection reflex because there are too many outside influences for that to happen and the body is very sensitive. But when a woman is left alone and she isn't guided or encouraged in any way, The body will do it all by itself, given time, given space, this will happen. It's like her body is vomiting, only it's obviously going downwards instead of upwards. It's a feeling that she would need to literally bear down and push when she couldn't help it if she tried. It takes over and it's happening to her because she is allowing the body to do what it needs to do. Like I said, just like vomiting. Before I finish, I just want to clarify that there may be a couple of scenarios where the information and advice she has given during this time is inappropriate or incorrect. A really good example of this is when I had a woman who came to my pregnancy yoga classes And when talking about the second stage, she said, oh, um, I'm one of those ladies that never felt an urge to push. And she said, oh, yes, you know, my midwife told me that um, there are a certain percentage of women that never feel an urge to push. But really, that's not possible. It's not possible that a woman would never feel an urge to push. It's only possible that nobody gave her the opportunity for that urge to develop and arrive. It's only possible that the guidelines and policy of the hospital state that 
a woman can only have a certain period of time within which to feel an urge to push. And if she doesn't feel that urge within that time, then she simply ran out of time. And it's important for every birth partner to understand what it's like for a woman to enter that second stage and what we need to do in order to prevent her from running out of time. Also, in years gone by, there was a huge tendency for a midwife or doctor to actually encourage a woman in the way that she pushes out her baby. And this is called purple pushing. This is when a woman is told to put her chin on her chest and push, 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 holding her breath for long periods of time. This is very outdated practice. Everyone knows that this is really inappropriate advice and no woman should be guided this way to push. Now, I would like to say that this doesn't happen anymore, but unfortunately, it does still go on in some units with some uh, medical professionals that are used to guiding a woman through the pushing stage. So just to be really clear, if the woman you are supporting is unmedicated, that means she hasn't had an epidural and she hasn't had pethidine where she has full control over her own muscles and she can feel the urge to push. In this case, there is no need to guide her. She should be encouraged to simply follow her body and go with the flow, do whatever it's telling her. Now, as I said earlier, she may run out of time and that's why it's important to be aware not to actually enter second stage until she is genuinely ready to push. She shouldn't be pushing before she feels an overwhelming urge that she couldn't stop if she tried because then the likelihood is that her baby will be born within the allocated amount of time easily because she's working with an external force and that's why it's so important for you both to understand how the body works with this physical need. Now, of course, as always, there is an exception to the rule, and this is when a woman has an epidural. If an epidural is on board, then there may need to be some guidance because if she's not feeling her contractions, if she's numb from the belly downwards, her support team would need to guide her. Now, let me just explain what that looks like. So first and foremost, when a woman has been um, told by her midwife that she is, in fact, now fully dilated, she will then be left for at least an hour or more, sometimes two hours, to allow for descent of the baby. When that period of time has passed, the midwife will encourage the woman to push with every single contraction and it will need someone to tell her what she's doing. The problem is that if she holds her breath for long periods of time, then there is the likelihood that the baby may go into distress because it's being deprived of oxygen. So be really, really mindful that if possible, when she is pushing and she's pushing down, she keeps all sounds going downwards 
And she also tries not to hold the breath if she can possibly clench at the back of her throat in a way that allows air to still pass through. That is going to help her to still be able to breathe. Um, The reason that kind of pushing is called purple pushing when a woman is told to put her chin on her chest, hold her breath and push down into her bottom is because inevitably she does go a bright shade of purple and all of her veins bulge and often she can burst blood vessels because of the action that she's taking. One of the ways that I would encourage my clients is to make a fist with one of their hands, bring that clenched fist to their mouths and blow into the clenched fist without actually holding the breath at the same time. It's very hard to describe on a podcast, um, but something that you may be able to find on Google or YouTube or similar. So breathing into a clenched fist can often be a really good way of trying to push down into the bottom without holding the breath completely. In the next episode of The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner, I'm going to be looking at positioning, which makes a huge difference to the woman and the baby during both the first and second stage of labour. So I look forward to catching up with you then. Take care. Bye for now. Don't forget, the information I have shared with you in this episode is solely based on my own personal experience as a doula and the recommendations I make may not apply to all women. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner with me, Sally Ann Beresford. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and don't forget to hit subscribe. If you are on Instagram, you will find me at The Ultimate Birth Partner. Please feel free to follow me for more ideas on supporting women through the birth of a baby. If you would like to purchase a copy of the book that accompanies this podcast, then head over to Amazon and type in Labour of Love, The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner. If you would like to work with me on a one-to-one basis, visit my website www.birthability.co.uk or email me hello at birthability.co.uk.